church has just been so supportive of to be able to record our services um, and do those through podcast. And uh, so uh, pray for that. Uh, we've got people in um, actually three or four different country countries that are downloading and people um, that are that are home homebound can't get out that are downloading and pray for that ministry. Um, so we thank the church for offering us that. Um, they're, they're helping support with that. And uh, once again, appreciate you all being here this morning. If you would, turn in your Bible with me to 1 Samuel chapter number 7 for the reading of God's Word. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 7. Uh, I want to look into one of my favorite books of all of God's Word. Uh, my wife and I joke about this a lot because it is, it's just 1 and 2 Samuel are some of our favorites. And um, every once in a while... I'll tell her to do her homework the night before I preach, and I'm like, go, go study 1 Samuel. And uh, so when I told her that, she was excited because uh, we love this book. And uh, God just, I believe, blesses so much out of these scriptures, uh, certainly in my study. And uh, I want to look here in 1 Samuel 7, and I uh, want to give you a thought this morning. Put away your strange gods. And uh, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking specifically about how the daily walk in our lives, uh, it's, a, it's a struggle. And it's a battle. I mean, just to, just flat out honest with you, it's it's every single day we face something different. We're running into a different obstacle. Something else is presenting itself to us, and we're having to fight uh, tooth and nail just to get through this world uh, untouched by by the things of the devil. And if and if you do, you tell me how you got got through the world untouched because it it's difficult. There's things that are going to come in front of you and things that are going to stand against you that are are, are certainly difficult. And uh, so I think the key to that is in winning those battles is letting God fight those battles for you. He wants to. He wants to equip you with the, the ability to walk through anything um, in this world without uh, being truly touched and, and scarred by the world. And he offers us an opportunity, I believe, from here from 1 Samuel uh, and tells us the way that we can do that. So we'll begin reading in verse number 1. And uh, you'll have to bear with me a little bit. Some of these, uh, I love the Old Testament. Some of these names and words can be a little difficult for a, a redneck like me to, to read. Um, but uh, the Bible says, And the men of Kerjath-Jerim. I want to stop there for just a second. Kerjath-Jerim. I tell you what, I have, I have a hard time getting people to stop saying Leicester. Um, so uh, I'm glad we got some simple town names where we live. Uh, if you say Marshall or Mars Hill or Lester, that's simple enough. I'm glad we don't have to put Kerjath-Jerim on a road sign, amen? And, but the Bible says, And the men of Kerjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, while the ark abode in Kerjath-Jerim, that the time was long, for it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented, lamented after the Lord." Let us pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the time we have together. God, we pray that you just fill us with your spirit. God, I pray that you'd help us. God, I pray that you'd bless each and every person here. God, I, we love them in the Lord, and we pray that you'd just help them in their walks with you. Lord, we love you, and we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. So what you find in, when, in our reading here is you find Israel's in a position, and they're in a spot where... Uh, they, they've been kind of fighting back and forth with the Philistines. And we know that the Philistines, they're kind of, uh, they're the, the arch enemy of Israel. And, uh, but while all the while, the God has blessed them, 
God has got them through many battles um, against the Philistines. And every time he's gotten them through a battle, it seems like that at some point in time, they would go back to uh, going to, back to their old ways and kind of falling back into the things that they used to be. And I think that that's such a, a good um, example of how we are today. It's like God gets us through something and God blesses us through something. And then we feel like we're kind of on top of the mountain and it gets a little easy to kind of rely on ourselves again. It's like, all right, we got through that. God got us through that. And we recognize he got us through that, but we're just going to kind of go back to autopilot and just go back to the way things were before. And I think that this is a testament and an example as to why God doesn't want us to get stagnant in our relationship to him and why that we need to continually be recognizing and realizing all that he blesses us with, all that he does for us. And that the fact that here's Israel and and, and they had been back and forth, uh, the, the ark had actually been taken by the Philistines and the Philistines got scared of it and they returned it back to Israel. Um, but for 20 years, um, it stayed in the house of Abinadab. And while it was there in the house of, of Abinadab, they were uh, worshiping Balaam and Ashtaroth, gods that were not uh, the, the true gods, little g gods. They were not uh, anything of any power. They were pagan gods. And so they were worshiping those things. And I think that it's very subtle in our walk, in our day-to-day walk, in our life, the little g gods we put um, in front of the Lord and things that we pick up on. And I know certainly I have things that I can get distracted with. And it uh, seems like recently it's been things such as uh, my career and I'm, I've, I've got a new job and, I, and God's blessing there and I'm just trying to stay busy and trying to do my best and trying to do everything that I can to succeed. But then if I'm not careful, I can put that before the Lord. And uh, it, as, as I mentioned, I'm going to point out the newlyweds again. They're back uh, here this morning. And, uh, and, and, you know, you think about being married and I think about how I tried everything when I first got married to put my wife first and uh, tried everything to just do everything right, sound right, make sure, oh, it was just just sunshines and rainbows for the first uh, little while, and I was doing the best I could, and I'm like, I'm going to be the best husband I can be, and if you're not careful, you can even put your spouse before the Lord, and if you're not careful, you can put uh, other things, other hobbies, and other things that you chase after in your uh, before the Lord, and I said last week that it's important that you put uh, things before yourself. That's the key. If you put God first, and then you put other things in your life uh, before yourself, then you'll be all right and but you find Israel they were not doing that they weren't putting God first they weren't putting anybody else first but they were only chasing after their own lust they were uh, running after these uh, these little g gods and, and worshiping these little gods and but you see there in verse number two it says Israel lamented after the Lord they got to a point they knew that the Philistines would eventually come back around they knew that their enemy was going to come back for them Britain they knew that it, they were going to face that battle once again They knew that at their doorstep, right there in front of them, that they were going to have to face that foe once more. And so here they are. They're asking for the Lord. They're begging for God. And isn't it amazing? You see, if you study the the, the nature and the life of Israel, if you study them, you see how up and down they are. And I, and I use them as an example a lot. They get used as an example a lot for people in their Christian life. It's like one day they're up, one day they're down. One day they're serving God, one day they're serving themselves. And it's easy to point a finger at them. But if I think about me and my life, I'm guilty of that myself. I'm guilty of chasing things, chasing my own interests, chasing what I want. But here they are, they're asking for God. In verse number 3 it says, And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods from Asheroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. 
we know that this walk that we have on this earth, it's a daily battle. It's a daily struggle. We're going to face things that, that, that are going to stand against us. We're going to face things that's going to hurt us. We're going to face things and run into to circumstances in our life that, that seems like we're not going to get, get past those things. And I've learned the more and more I've gotten around people that ain't exactly like me. I've got around people that didn't grow up like me. Well, you know, if you live around here, you know that there's a lot of people that ain't from here. They think a little different than us. And, hey, that's, that's all right. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, you have to get used to that. You have to get used to someone growing up in a different way, different mindset, um, and, and especially when you move, get into working in the public. Uh, some people didn't grow up with the type of expectations for hard work that I did. Uh, I felt like that I was, uh, I was uh, free labor uh, growing up a little bit sometimes, and I, and I don't see that in other people's lives. I don't see that they grew up that way where you had to work and you had to go do things that maybe you didn't want to do. And uh, you, you had to get out of school and go home and work because that's what you had to do. And you had to get up on Saturday and you didn't hang out with your friends because you had to go work and that's what you had to do. And, and you realize that people are not the same. They're, they're not, they don't look at things the same. They don't think about things the same way. But we all know, uh, we all face similar circumstances in our life. We're all going through the same, we're, we're, everybody's going through the coronavirus and everybody's going through all this other mess that's going on we're all facing the same thing i've never seen anything where it's been so unifying about how everybody's facing the same uh, battle at the same time it's all because you hear well this is going on the way there's a fire burning in the west coast there's a hurricane hitting the east coast well i'll tell you what i don't really think much about that fire just to be honest with you i hate that it's happening to people but it's not happening to me so it's easy for me to keep on trucking uh, but you got a hurricane coming up and uh, you start to think about that a little bit because it, it'll affect you and Kathy mentioned that this morning pray for her and pray for her uh, their property down east and, and uh, that she mentioned that that affects her um, but this what well, we see going on this battle ahead of us right now that, that everyone's facing we're all facing it together we're all standing before it together and we all want to get through it we all want to win we all want to get out of this thing and just be squeaky clean but unfortunately, we're not going to get out that way because everybody has different ideas of what should happen. Everybody has different plans of what should change. People have brought up their, their, their things that they think we should change things politically. I don't know how a virus has brought up all this other mess that's happening, but it did. And people think that, well, we changed this politic, and it'll, if we change this mess, everything will, this will fix everything. Well, if you take this drug, uh, this will fix everything. Well, no, we don't agree with them, so we need to do uh, this other way. you got to wear a mask, and you got to plug your ears, and you got to wear goggles, and you got to protect yourself and wear, live in a bubble and do whatever. And, and so people are giving this example of how we're going to get through this battle, and it's not ever, ever been brought up uh, by, by mainstream of that uh, God will fight this for us. God will get this through us. God will be the answer to it. And if you want to know how to get through this battle in your life, because what this has brought up, has been greater than the coronavirus. What's brought up, been brought up is greater than a riot. It's been greater than different movements. And it's been greater than anything. It is very evidently bringing up sin in people's lives. They're sitting at home and thinking about it. They're going out and seeing I'm telling you, people are, they are just, they are so mean recently. I have never seen in my life, I've never seen so many people I'd like to wear out in my life come through and it just, just mad at the world. Didn't do a thing to them, just tried to help them, but they're mad at everything. I don't understand it because I got victory. I'm walking around clicking my heels. I am happy as a lark. Lord's coming back. I can see it clearly. I'm still alive. Like Britton said last week, we're looking down at the grass instead of up at it. Right? That's, I mean, that's a blessing. We're still making it through. 
still pushing through, chucking along. And people, they just, there's nothing that ruins my day. Like somebody that just seems like they just, they're, they're just, they've given up. And how, how do we face that? How do we get through that? How do we, how do you get up the next day with joy and happiness? With all that's happening, I'll tell you what makes, and we see what's going on with churches. I mentioned California. And we see how they are pushing and putting their thumb down on churches. They are afraid because they know God and his people can make things change. The only thing that can truly change things is God and his people. And when they get together, when they're worshiping, they're still happy, regardless of the fact that everybody else is losing their mind. I'm fine with being safe. I'm fine with being careful. I'm fine with doing things a little differently than usual. But I'm not fine with giving up worship. I'm not fine with giving up church. I'm not fine with giving up my, my rights. How do you get through it? Well, they, God sent Israel a preacher to tell them how to get through it. And Samuel, he's, uh, he was not only the preacher, he was the judge, and he was a, he was a prophet. He was a, really a type of Christ to Israel, you see. And he says, first he says, put away the strange gods. Verse 3, he says, put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you. If you want to get through this next battle in your life, whatever it is that you're putting in front of your relationship to the Lord, get that out of the way. I, I'm guilty of it. I'm not going to get up here and preach to you and not admit that I'm wrong a lot. Of, I'll ask my wife, I'm wrong a lot. I do things that are just ignorant. I got up this morning and I was ill. Lord, I was ill. I'm sorry. I was just ill. I mean, just Sunday mornings, there's something about it. The devil knows he needs to get in my head, mess with me. And then I get a, an encouraging text message from Kathy, and I'm like, man, gosh. Well, sorry, Shelby. Sorry, Lord. Sorry. I didn't, well, I wasn't mean to the dog. I wouldn't be mean to the dog, but. Then I'm having to apologize for how I am. And I think how blessed I am and how God has got me through so many battles. God has won the victory. He's already won the war. I've got everything I ever need, ever wanted. Yep. There's no reason for me to get down. Sure. What I'd done, and I'd put myself before the Lord. I'd put myself before other people. I'd put myself before this church. Sure. Six o'clock this morning, seven o'clock this morning. I'd already done that. Put away the strange gods. Mm -hmm. It was real quick, and I started feeling that prick on my heart like oh man that's wrong it was time for me to get that out of the way put away the strange gods and then he says put away the strange gods and asteroids from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord that was my next step this morning trying to get to the church besides a Meliella and a biscuit from Burger King prepare yourself for the Lord it's not, you can't have what you need, what you want without making preparation. As I preached this last Sunday about the patience of a farmer. Now, my, my grandmother, I, she could throw corn on a rock and it'd grow. I kid you not. That woman, she's telling, they're, they're, we were looking at some plants at her house the other day that, that she got the year my great-grandfather died, 1987. She's kept them alive for that long. I kid you not. That's amazing. I can't do that. But well, you know, if you're going to plant something, you've got to prepare the ground. If, you've got to, if you're going to do something, you've got to prepare. 
whatever it is, you've got to make preparations for it to come out the way you want it to. Why do you expect God to bless you in your life when you don't make preparations for it? Well, what do preparations look like? Being, well, being a good person, not being one of those people that looks like, like I said last week, looks like you ate a lemon for breakfast. But being a prayerful person, praying. It's amazing that God is there listening to every word his children want to say to him, but they don't talk to him. I went through days before and I've not talked to the Lord and I get to the end of the day, I'm like, man, I wasted a day. I wasted a whole day not spending time with God. Pray to him. You can sing to him. Now, I don't do a lot of singing. I don't. But every once in a while, when I'm in the car, nobody's around, and I make sure nobody can hear me. Got a good, good music in there, I'll sing. Every once in a while, when I'm in the shower, scrub-a-dub-dub, -dub, I'll sing. That's probably inappropriate, I'm sorry. But sing to the Lord, worship it. That's a form of worship uh, to the Lord. That's a form of showing God that you're praising him. So get up here and sing. You can sing like that at home. You can sing like that in your car. You can sing like that together outside of church. You can do that as a form of worship. That's okay. Study it, God's Word. We have, a, we have literally the toolkit to get us through this world. And people don't use it. That's sad. So being a prayerful person, being a, a, a person that sings and worships the Lord in your own way. Being somebody that, that's a, stud, a studious person, reads God's word, wants to know more about God. I tell you, there's nothing more infectious than somebody that wants to know more about God. When you get around those kind of people, they start making, I, I know one person that I get around, he's like that. And I start feeling bad. You get to talking to him and he's talking about the, he doesn't even have to talk about the Lord, but just the way he is, I'm like, man, I'm going to have to get my life right. You don't have to give me a few minutes. I'm going to go get in the car and get right with the Lord and then I'll come back and talk. I like that. They, those people make me want to be better. Honest people, good people, true people, people with integrity. When you see how they deal with people, you see how they're honest and they're, they're bold and they're true, it makes you want to be more like that. Prepare yourselves for the Lord by following those things, following this book, praying to the Lord, singing to the Lord. And then he goes on and it says, Prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve Him only. You got to sell out to Him only. You can't get through this walk. You can't get through this life and have yourself sold to so many different things. I'm not a part of any, really anything outside of, well, actually, let me step back for just a second. If you go on, I work for Home Trust Bank. You go on that website and you look at branch managers and you look at Asheville and you look at Weaverville and you look at my name. What you'll see under there, you'll see my picture, my mug shot, and you'll see my name and then it'll say uh, under there, it'll, it'll have a little description of me. And it'll say my affiliations, uh, West Virginia Rural Missions, Laurel Chapel Baptist Church, and then it'll say uh, North Carolina Trout Unlimited. That's right. I got my priorities straight, though. Missions, church, trout. But if you go on there, 
And now I, I can't tell you how many customers call and want to set an, an appointment with me and they say, I see you're a member of the Trout Unlimited. Let's talk about that. And they'll come and we'll sit and talk for an hour about fishing. You know how many people I've had want to come set an appointment with me because I'm a pastor at Laurel Chapel Baptist Church? Zero. How many people want to call and say, well, I saw uh, West Virginia Rural Missions on your, on your website, on your webpage. I want to come talk to you. Zero. People don't, people don't seem to want that. People want the one part of me, but they don't want the whole thing. You know, you'll find that to be true in your life. Is that when you, when you are sold out to the Lord and He is first and foremost, He is that mainstay in your life. You put Him first. You live for Him first. There are a lot of people that won't want anything to do with you. They just don't want it. You got to throw something else at them. You got to give them some, a little bit more to, to, to kind of fill them up. And then he says, after he says that, serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. God wasn't just going to come win the battle against the Philistines for him and just take them at what they are. He loved them for what they were, but they needed to make some changes in their life before he was going to go fight a battle for them. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that interesting? You think, because people want to tell you that, well, well, Jesus loves you just the way you are, and he does. But he also wants you to get some of that mess out of the way. Every once in a while, I'll get in, a, in just a cleaning, just a fit. I'm talking a fit. I mean, it might be midnight, and I just get up, and in a blaze of glory, I just clean the house. I don't know what, what, what it is. When I was growing up, if you left something laying out on the floor, in the floor, and my dad would say, put that up, and he didn't say it twice, it'd be in the trash can. He'd be like, well, why'd you do that? Well, I paid for it. If that's all you think about it, we, we're going to get rid of it. Then he'd go hide it somewhere, and we'd learn our lesson. He'd give it back to us because he paid for it. He wasn't going to throw that away. <laughs> Hope he listens to this, and I'll get a whipping. But, but you know, I lost my, lost my train of thought there. But, uh, but you know, God expects us. He'll, he'll say, get that, get that clutter up. Get that out of the way. How do we expect God to bless us when we, we were living in our little tr single wide out in Fairview? And my and my, my, my nan and papa called us and they were gonna come stop by. Shelby, we cleaned that house in 20 minutes. I mean, it looked like we hired a maid service. You, I'd have ate, I'd have ate off the floor because we knew someone was coming by and they were gonna sit in there with us. They were gonna be with us. We wanted them to say, Look, I, "Man, them people, they got it together." And you all know, you all know, you do the same thing. Somebody gonna get in your car. Where do you put? You put everything in the trunk. That's what you do. You put everything in the trunk because you don't want anybody to see all that you got. That's the way it is. I tell you what, how serious it is in our relationship with God that when he comes around, when he comes by, that we have prepared ourselves and made, it, made ourselves ready for him to pass our way. How important it is that I am presentable to him. I could die. I could fall up right here dead. And there may be things in the way. There may be clutter in the way preventing him from finding me in a state that I'd want to face him with. you got to prepare yourself. He wants us to get some stuff out of the way before he'll fight the battle for us. In verse number 4, you see it says, Then the, then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. 
And Samuel said, Gather all Israel unto Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day. And said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. If he'd have judged them not just a few verses ago, they'd have been in a mess. But God's blessed them. God, God allowed them to come back into his family, into his fold. And then goes on in verse number 7, and, it's, and when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And the Bible says, And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. Now, just a few things here, and I'll be done. And that means we've got about 20 minutes left, but I'm just kidding. Just a few more things. Think about this. First, we're always going to face powerful foes. The Philistines were the greatest foes of Israel. They were, I mean, that was, the, that was their exact match. That was a powerful army that they'd faced over, over many, many years and would continue to face. They're powerful foes. We're not dealing with just, we're not facing just little stuff in this life. We're facing powerful foes. We're facing the, the, the devices of Satan. That's powerful stuff. That's potent stuff. That's stuff I can't fight on my own. I hear people say I work, work with a lady. She says, not today, Satan, all the time. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. I'm like, I'm going to have to go on board with her. she got some power. She, she believes it. She's like, when she, when she starts getting down, she starts calling out to the Lord. I like that. See, there's some people, they just start rolling their sleeves up and thinking they're going to take the devil on head first. That don't happen. You try that, you're going to end up burnt. You're going to end up hurt. We need to call upon the Lord. We have powerful foes that are standing against us. That's what's so dangerous is that all we see going on, all that we happen, how quickly things can change. We came into 2020. We didn't expect what we're talking about right now in August. The things we're experiencing, the things we're seeing, the things we're feeling. I didn't wake up January 1st and think, well, 2020, we're already going to write it off. I didn't know what it was going to bring. And it's brought one of the greatest blessings of my life. Having a baby. Having a baby in 2020 is about the craziest thing I've ever heard. I'm telling you. And it's hard not to stress out. It's hard not to just, we're facing some, some powerful stuff here. The, the day Shelby told me, she's like, she said, It'll only, you'll be the only one that's going to be able to be there for delivery. And I'm like, hold on just a minute. My family, we roll up like the Clampets. We, we are a crew. We are a crew. We don't just do, we don't just do this. I'm, I'm, I'm not joking either. We do this as a family, kind of like we saw the crew rolling this morning. That's what I'm talking about. That, that, that scares me, Britton. That scares me. I'm going to be there alone. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. One lady's advice was just don't faint. I'm like, okay, thank you. We're facing, facing some powerful stuff. That's, to me, that's, that's a big deal. 
I need my I need my support with me. Man, and we're we're separated a little more. Everybody, you gotta stay away from people. Churches are a little more separated, and we're facing some powerful foes. And the church is being divided. Church is being split up. Things are it's not like it used to be. You walk into the store and people are running away from you. Scared to death. I'm serious. I'm telling you, I've seen it. Yeah, I know you have. It's crazy. Verse number 8, it goes on and it says, And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, and he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. I think they saw that Samuel's prayers and Samuel's offering had worked. It says here in verse number 9, And Samuel took a suckling, sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. Here's the thing. God wants our best. That sucking lamb, that's the best. That's the, the, the best thing that they could offer to the Lord. That's what God wants. He doesn't want you, he doesn't want me as I was at 7 o'clock this morning. He, didn't, he doesn't need me as I am right now. But he wants me when I'm walking day in and day out trying to serve him, trying to live for him. He wants the best I can offer. He doesn't want half of you. He doesn't want a quarter of you. If you're only going to give him a small percentage, you might as well not even show up. You got to give him your best. If you offer up the best, he'll hear you. Look at what it says, verse number 10. It says, The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on, the, on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. He gave them victory over the Philistines. And it was because they turned away from the strange gods. They put those things out of the way. They took those things that were in between them and the Lord, and they got them out of the way. They prepared themselves to receive him. They made themselves presentable, and he received them. And, he pur and they purposed in their hearts. And you find they would fail down the road. But that's why God's so gracious and so loving. They pur purposed in their hearts to serve him only. And that made the difference. But it goes on in verse number 12 and it says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. God won that battle for them and Samuel purposed to set up a remembrance for the future. You find one of the most important things for Israel, one of the most important things about their identity as people was that they remembered the days gone by. They remembered what God had done for them in the years that had passed. That's important for us. When God gives you a victory, don't forget it. Don't just put it to the side and say, well, thank you, Lord, I'm going to go on. Remember it. Share it with people. We, Shelby and I faced, and I've shared this before, but when we were dating, we faced some of the hardest, most difficult circumstances and trials I've ever went through in my life. I believe God's blessed our marriage for that. But I'm, it didn't make it any easier while I was going through it. And when I talk to people about their circumstances, talk to people about what they're going through, I, God knows this is the truth. I don't say this just to be saying it, but I set up a landmark 
that day that we got victory through the Lord over that we were facing, I set up a landmark that day. I can't tell you the date. I can't tell you the time. I just remember what the victory felt like. And when I see people that are hurting, I say, listen to what God done for me. Listen to what the, world, the Lord brought me through. I felt like the world, the, the world was against me. I felt like every, like Satan emptied his quiver on me. Like he threw everything my way. But when I put away those things that were in front, in front of me that I was focused upon more than anything, I got that out of the way and I prepared myself for the Lord and I purposed in my heart that I was only going to serve him. He, he got the victory for me and I hadn't forgot it. You need to do that with the victories God gives you in your life. There was a storm. I don't even know that I shared this last week. Well, I maybe did, but there's a tree fell across our road. I think I did share this. Laying across our road. And I wanted to get home and just rest and just kind of take it easy for a little while. And we're on our way home and coming down our driveway, and there's just a big old tree, honking tree, just laying there in the middle of the road. And I'm like, that's how. I guess when you build in a pine thicket, that's what happens. It's all there is around our house, pines. Just watching out everywhere we go. If the wind blows, it's going to knock something over. And, you know, as we were cutting that tree up and doing that stuff, I thought, well, here's my dad. He's tired, too. He's out here cutting this thing up with me. It's 6 o'clock in the evening, and I've got a warm house, and it didn't fall on our house. It just fell on the road 500 yards from our house. And I slept good that night. I got the next morning. I started thinking, man, I was pretty sorry for me to kind of beat, just get beat up about that. I started thinking about all the victories in my life. You know, if you can do that, each time God blesses you, when something comes across, blocks you and stops you from what you want, what you're looking for, and you start to get a little pouty like I did, if you start to remember what God's done for you, those difficult things, they won't feel so difficult. He'll give you the victory. I appreciate you listening to me. appreciate you all being here. If anyone has anything, we'll share for a few minutes, and I just have something real quick I need to share with the church. And, um, but just want to see if anyone has, uh, has anything they would like to say, any, anything on anyone's heart.